Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, whose teaching is life, whose presence is sure, and whose love is endless. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, you anointed your beloved Son to be priest and sovereign forever. Grant that all people of the earth, now divided by the power of sin, may be united by the glorious and gentle rule of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. for our children's message.
So surprisingly, today I want to talk about kings. <laughs> it's kind of in the name of the Sunday. When we think of the word king, just in our everyday lives, not in our church life, we think of a man in charge with fancy robes and a golden crown full of jewels. We have an image of what a king is. And the kings that we often hear about have all of this, and they have so much more, and it leaves the people with less. Now, Jesus is a king, but he is a different kind of king than we're used to. He isn't a king with a gold and jeweled crown who has riches, jewels, and servants, who orders the peoples and armies around. Jesus is a king in the best kind of way. He is the king of heaven, where he promises to take us. He is the king of love, which he offers to us freely. He is the king of sacrifice, who takes all of our sins away, and the things that we do wrong, he wipes them away. Jesus doesn't want to be king of countries and armies. He wants to be the king of our hearts and our lives. He is the most wonderful king. The best kind of king, a king who wants us, wants to forgive us, and wants, oh, I typed that very weird. <laughs> a king who wants to give us forgiveness, love, heaven, and eternal life with him. Let's thank God for sending Christ the King to us as we pray. Dear God, Thank you again for the gift of the last year you have given us, for the new year that is coming. Thank you for the gift of your son who is our king and who brings us forgiveness, love, and peace. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king. Jesus answered him, You say that I am a king. For this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. What have you done? Is a question Pilate asks in John, what have you done? Well, what has he done? He's healed, including raising from the dead. He's preached in the temple. He has challenged the authorities. He has responded to questions. He has called followers. And he has told people over and over again, our God is a God of love. 
and we're called to love one another. And all these, um, all the bureaucracy that you have put in place is not about serving God. And all the hierarchy in the church is not about serving God. So what has he done? Well, undermined the foundation of those who are in power and those who have carved out for themselves a certain amount of authority. We know that. We know, we know that for that, Jesus is crucified. And then we have this lesson about him being called a king, not claiming to be a king, but accepting the role for which he is born. For this I was born. But he says, you have said that I am a king. For this I was born. For this I came into the world. I was born so that you would call me a king and so that I would be handed over by the very people whose authority I'm undermining by reminding their followers that all authority comes from God. We don't, the reason I said earlier that we st are starting to call this um, sometimes the reign of Christ um, or the reign of Sunday at this, this end of the year has to do with the fact that, that there are very few kingdoms left in, in the world today. Um, and even those that do exist have a very different shape from the kingdoms that existed at the time of Jesus and throughout the era that the um, Bible was being written. So our concept of king, and Amanda talked about this, is, is you know this image of wealth, but it also has this in some ways, either fairy tale or antiquity or some other, some other um, imagery that's harder to associate with our lives. If you think about reigning, though, reigning has to do, it, it comes from the same word, reina, reign. Um, but, but reigning has to do with who who is the ultimate authority, and what are the conditions of that reign? It includes more than just a person. And it, we crown the year. Amanda also told us it's the end of the Christian calendar. We crown the year with this Christ the King Sunday because it, it also pulls us to this end time that we've been exposed to a little bit as Christians but have not come yet into the fullness that, that's being talked about in so much of scripture. In Jesus' time and through much of human history, kings had, or whoever was reigning, a seized authority or manipulated their way into authority. Certainly that was true in the first century. Uh, there was a whole lot of poisoning and murdering and um, uh, manipulating that happened. The other thing is that kings had protection. So either up on a hill, surrounded by a moat, surrounded by an army, um, 
surrounded by um, uh, bodyguards. There's a separation and a protection. They're also protected from any of the challenges of the day because of the wealth. So you've got wealth that, that I think is an easier image to associate, but this separation. Who today fills that role? Wielding authority, regardless of how it's obtained, and being separated, separated from the rest of humanity by cameras, by guards, by wealth, by owning your own island, by bodyguards. Who has bodyguards? So that's the actual question. Who has bodyguards these days? President. President, uh-huh. Rich people. Famous people. People who want to seem famous. Some cases, criminals and leaders of criminal empires. In some cases, sports figures. All of these people have a sense of separation. And that, I think, we can relate to, because in some, to some degree, that's being exaggerated more and more, not just through the separation of COVID, but if you think about places where fences are being put up, and, and walls, and borders, and boundaries, and, and uh, neutral zones to protect authority, and layers of bureaucrat, bureaucrats to protect those in authority. That we do see increasing, or maybe taking a different form. So insert a Jesus into that that undermines all of that separation and privilege and gets close to people and touches the riffraff and eats with the dirty. Who could have this privilege, but when in fact he's lifted up, it's not lifted up out of privilege or separation, it's lifted up out of submission. That Jesus' reign is one of submission and connection. That's the whole incarnation and sacrifice for our sake. Getting closer and closer to us. So, in our lives, what do we give power to? What are those things that drive us or impress us. One of the things that um, came up in an activist newsletter that I was reading was that in many cases, people will travel days or miles and to great expense to see somebody that's famous or to celebrate somebody that's well known and yet it's harder to drive down the block to give a ride to somebody who can't get transportation or open the door to somebody who has no place to live. I mean, if you think about the just, just the money that gets spent on it, sports, music, any kind of fame, politics, 
I mean, he political rallies. So what kind of activism are we being called to? Is it one of celebrating those who, who have a loud voice or a lot of power? Or is it one of an intimacy? Um, there are a lot of us who are now called Facebook activists. And I make fun of Facebook all the time, not because I, I think there's anything wrong with Facebook per se. It's just that clicking like or commenting, if that's the extent of our Christian commitment or our commitment to lifting up service or to lifting up righteousness or to lifting up those things that we are called to in God's reign. That's very much separate from that kind of intimacy that Jesus does. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with it per se. It's just that that's not a lot different than standing on the highway where a king is going to pass. Or celebrating somebody who has tremendous wealth. Jesus used his power to sacrifice and to give. It's a power that could have been over, and the fact that he made it a power of submission undermined everybody who had a different idea of what power was, right? That's why this whole exchange with Pilate. Why did your people turn you over? What did you do? Well, what did he do? He gave, and he gave, and he gave. And he said, that's what the kingdom of God is. And if people were my followers, if, they, if I were their king, they'd be fighting for this sharing, loving, submitting kingdom. Decade after decade after decade, century after century after century. We hear these readings, we are given this vision, and we are also given this challenge. And I don't use challenge language a lot, but it is a challenge. It's just a challenge to say, oh, in what ways would that Jesus disrupt and undermine my life? In what ways? Does that Jesus disrupt and undermine my life? How would that Jesus make me mad enough to call on the strength and wealth kind of authority? As we come to the end of the year, Look back on the year, but also look up ahead to the coming year and say, wait a minute. Our own kingdoms get toppled by this very Jesus. 
And on the other side of that is this image of restoration and creation and harmony and love and caring for each and every one of us and being loved for who we are and being lifted up for who we are and never being overpowered. Please with me enter a celebration of the end of the year and the coming year with uh, honesty and openness to how disruptive God can be in your life and what God promises you through that. Amen. Eternal God, you hold firm amid the changes of this world. Hear us now as we pray for the church, the world, and everyone in need. God, you sent your son, Jesus, to testify to the truth. We pray for preachers, missionaries, evangelists, and teachers who carry your forgiveness and love to the world. Fill their words and actions with compassion and kindness so that your truth will shine. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, you sent your son, Jesus, to liberate all of creation. We pray for all living things longing for the freedom to flourish. From ancient trees and wild grasses to endangered animals and rare insects, give human beings compassionate hearts to care for them. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, you sent your son Jesus to lead us into the way of peace. Direct the members of international alliances in choosing a nonviolent path toward the future. Give them the humility and wisdom to make decisions to benefit all. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, you sent your son Jesus to make us into our own people, set free to serve you. We pray for the people who serve the well-being of others, especially ministries in our community, including the Juno Cold Weather Emergency Shelter. Renew them in their work. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, you sent your son Jesus to rule in all times and places. We pray for the friends of our congregation who are unable to join our worship in person and for all who are sick and suffering. Join their prayers with ours and unite them with us in the body of Christ. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, you sent your son Jesus to testify to the truth. We pray for Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, Alaska Synod Bishop Shelley Wickstrom, Bishop Terry Brandt of our sister synod, the Alaska Southeast Cluster, Pastor Karen Perkins, and Trapper Creek Fellowship, that they continue to be formed for the sake of the gospel. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, you sent your son Jesus to be our beginning and our ending. We give thanks for those whose lives have given us a glimpse of Jesus' reign of justice and peace. 
empower us to join their witness. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, our hope and strength, we entrust to you all for whom we pray. Remain with us always, through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Prayer. Holy God, the earth is yours and everything in it, yet you have chosen to dwell among your creatures. Come among us now in these gifts of bread and wine and strengthen us to be your body for the world. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us announce together... The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people.
God, the beginning and the end, who has written your, your name in the book of life, bless and keep you in grace and peace from this time forth forevermore. Amen. Led on by the saints before us, go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.